You're listening to the newest episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life with your host, Kim Olver. This is Kim, and welcome to the 56th episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. Today, I have a very special show planned with one of my favorite people, Dr. Karen O'Donnell. Dr. Karen has delivered comprehensive restorative dentistry in Homewood, Illinois for more than 35 years. I should know, I'm one of her patients. She's studied improvisational theater at Comedy Sports in Chicago, has served as mentor, trainer, and facilitator with Tony Robbins and other leaders in the personal development field. She is also the creator and founder of Homewood Stories, where Dr. Karen produces, hosts, and tells stories at a rave-reviewed monthly show, now in its eighth year. She performs often on Chicago stages and also is a story coach. I asked her here today to discuss her concept of following the path that's coming to you. Thank you so much for agreeing to be here, Karen. Uh, it's my pleasure, Kim. You're one of my favorite people to be with, and I miss you. Oh, yeah, COVID puts a cramp in dentistry sometimes, doesn't it? Uh, yes. Um, we did brave it once, though, and I'm sure if it continues, we'll brave it again. Um, <laughs> I, I want my teeth to stay healthy. Me too. So... It was a couple of years ago that I heard you deliver this concept at one of our meetings of Professional Women's Network, and it stuck with me because I think there's so much to be said about the drive that is so often talked about. You have to push, push, push to get to your goals, and you had a different, much more laid-back concept about following the path that's coming to you. And I wanted to have the opportunity for you to share that with my audience. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Yes, Kim, thank you. I think at that time I said, and it's true, I'm like a recovering force it, chase it, make it happen person. And in, in the <laughs> other arenas I was with, with the personal development leadership and stuff, it was, it was almost like so future paced. I have to have this now and I have to, it's just really driven. And I can, I even had a hat it said, make it happen, mm. make it, force it, chase it. And just through experience and, and actually frustration, it was like the more I would push or chase, it seemed like the more that I would push things away from me. And then when I got out of that arena and some people say, well, you're not doing anything, you're lazy, what are your goals? You know, somebody asked me at the end of this year, it's like, what are your intentions for 2021? And I just said, love, <laughs> you know, happy, healthy, Happy, healthy, strong. And the more I find what you're seeking, I've heard these things before for Think and Grow Rich and stuff. What you're seeking is seeking you. Just to relax a little bit and align with whatever that goal, goal is. Like there was one, didn't even think of it as a goal. I wanted to get to this Namali resort in Fiji. And that's where Tony Robbins would teach. And you had to be their top trainer and all this stuff to get there. And another friend was, was going to go and she's going to pay. I'm going to go and I pay this $12,000, whatever. And I was like, you know what? When I go there, I'm going to be invited to go. All I did was cut the insignia out of the Namali resort. And I put it on my power wall and my mirror in my kitchen refrigerator. And I just forgot about it. And, you know, it's like, hey, if it's meant to be, I'll be there. And it wasn't until it was only about six or eight months later when I was in Fiji in the bathroom, drying my hands on the towel. And I saw that insignia. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know, there, there might be onto something here. <laughs> As I told you, I studied with Abraham Hicks. And what I've been learning from that is just like relax. And this COVID helped me so much too, Kim. 
during COVID, I had to shut down my business, which is right downstairs, his dental office. We had to close. Nobody has died of COVID from going to a dentist. There's been less than like one-tenth of one percent of any offices that have had COVID, and it might have been a person who got it from their family. So dental offices have been above and beyond infection control to begin with, but people got scared. So nothing I can do was just chill. During that time, even more so than I was before, I was just being in the moment. I would notice the clouds. I would notice the birds. You know, my birds on my bird theater, they don't have any goals for the day. They don't have any to-do <laughs> lists. And they're just having, they're happy and they're, they're doing things. So the formula that I sort of had and worked with was just alignment first. And alignment can mean a couple of things. For me, it's like every morning I start the day with some meditation, drink some water, go to the bathroom and just chill. Listen to a fan, set the timer for 10 or 15 minutes, listen to the boring sound of the fan and just align with whatever might be my bigger me, whatever might be my soul. But also it's alignment with what the goal or the dream might be. So when Homewood Stories was starting, I never, if you asked me a year before, Kim, was I going to start a storytelling show? That wasn't on my goals list. That was on my radar. Wasn't even anywhere a glimpse, but started to align with that idea. And in the morning I would wake up, it's like, you know, we should bring storytelling to Homewood. So that sort of alignment in from that, I kind of aligned with a genius zone. If there is another step, the second step was like in the other arena I was in, it's like, take action. You gotta act. Action, action, action. Well, you know what? I was like, oh, I gotta get up and I gotta move and I gotta do this. I gotta go, go, go. Well, you know what? I might be climbing up this ladder and totally have it against the wrong wall. And I was doing that a lot. I was actually teaching a course on science of getting rich. And the more I forced it and chased it, it was like the more debt I created. <laughs> I call that inspired action. After that meditation, if I'm stimulated to move or whatever, because then it doesn't even feel like work. It's inspired. I might be working for hours and not know it because it's, there's a flow. There's a flow to it. And sometimes the inspired action would be like, let's go for a swim. Or, you know what, I better go to Office Max. And then after that, there would be a synchronicity of timing that like, holy cow, who knew that I was going to run into someone at the grocery store that was going to help me along on my next step? Well, being aligned first, being relaxed about it, not taking action until it was inspired, I noticed the synchronicity that would show up. Divine timing, I'll call it as well. And so that would be people, places, or things. And also, I'm going to call it an energetic guidance. That would be if we wanted to say four steps, alignment, inspired action, synchronicity, energetic guidance. You know what? When you think about the eyes, you, you have grandkids, the eyes of a child. We're born creators and they still know it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they, they haven't forgotten it. That's... They haven't forgotten it. That this, but it's today. It's now. I took my nap. I'm ready. And they're having fun and in that creative flow whatever it is, and doing what feels good and not doing what doesn't feel good. So that's what I would find. I would get suggestions for how to do things or what I should do. And it's like, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. It doesn't feel good. I'm not doing it. If it felt good, it lit up. It really lit up. And it was almost like I would pick up my foot and the path was right underneath my next step. And then yes and is a game we played in improv. And if you follow Bill Murray at all, he's still playing that in his life, you know, being present in the moment, playing the game, yes, and, 
and being an uplifter for others. I'll say that. But yes, and and the improv stage was if somebody tossed you a ball, you didn't drop it. You didn't deny. I'm going to outframe and give you four of the rules with improv that we had in our short form at comedy sports was one, we all loved each other. We'd have four people at the most on stage at a time. Two, you always made the other player look better than you. So nobody was one-upping any. Three, you didn't deny. We played yes and. Somebody would toss you an idea and, you know, I don't want to do that. You would say, yes, and. You look so much like a tree. Well, yes, and, you know, I get cold in the fall when my leaves fall off. You're whatever. You just stay with it. And then, of course, the fourth one was no conflict lasted more than four minutes. I think we could use that in life. But the yes and game, you know, I had a lot of obstacles that came up along the way with the first venue, say, all set, all set, all set. And then when I'm just about to make my posters, the venue says, you know, we can't do this. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I tried to ask why I'm not going to force or push. Nothing was forced or pushed. And it's like, okay, I totally respect you. And, you're, and you know, storytelling is coming to homework. And, you know, thank you for you. And then it was just like, starting to notice whatever this desire that I was aligning with was also coming to me at the same time, if I would just allow it in. So another thing COVID taught me more was being in the moment. I couldn't go to work anyway. And I didn't declutter. I thought I would clean everything out. I didn't do that. But being in the moment and allowing things in, for me, Kim, the giving receiving formula is very important. And you and I are both very much givers. The receiving part was much harder for me and I think is maybe more important. So during that COVID time, being in the moment, you know, I didn't have any money coming in, <laughs> I didn't have any pay, but I ended up starting to allow more receiving in. So I might be going off track here a little bit, but that sort of just opened me up. And if I get off track, I just look at my bird again with no to-do list, no forcing, and life is good and they're singing a happy song. That's really amazing. It sounds like it requires quite a leap of faith and trust in the universe or whatever the higher power is that you have in your life, because we are so programmed to be autonomous and take charge and make things happen. What process did you go through to get from that hat wearing person, make it happen to this laid back spiritual, I'm going to accept whatever comes my way person? How did you get there? Ah, that's a great question. I think it was pretty much because what I was doing was not working. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was pushing things further away. You know, if I could say there was a moment of surrender, for me maybe to pay attention, I'm going to go back to what, how I felt. Because when I was doing the other things and forcing, pushing, chasing, it was a discord in my body. And it was, you know, err. And then like that first storytelling show that I went to where I said the other night and when I drove home from the storytelling show and I stopped at a stop sign and went and stopped at a stop sign and went and stopped at a stop and went and realized I ran a red light. I pulled over, but it's like, you know, my cheeks were higher in my face. My smile was bigger. And I followed that feeling. So I think our feeling is more of a connection to our soul, if I can say that. And it has been a spiritual shift. And if it doesn't feel good, sometimes I'll just go take a nap till it does feel good. But if I could say there was a, well, there might've been an epiphany when I sprayed scrubbing bubbles on my hair instead of hairspray, things like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember that story. <laughs> that That's funny. 
egos arrived, the egos here, I did it, I made it, I'm, I'm president of all these things. It's like, it's me, 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 me. And then God sort of pulls the chair out from under you and says, so yeah, I find that yeah. happens. The person that I like that speaks of that concept is John Martini when he talks about everything being perfectly balanced. And most of the time we spend a lot of time in negativity. So we need to learn to balance that with what's good about the situation, but it works in reverse too. So when you're full of yourself and you think that you're all that, the universe will come around and knock you down a peg or two just to give you a little humility. Yeah, it's funny. You talked a little bit about the genius zone. Could you say more about that? Because I know what that feels like to be in flow. And I've had the experience of reading parts of my books that I've written and been surprised that I actually wrote that. I'm like, did I write that? I don't remember writing that because it feels like the books that I wrote kind of wrote themselves. And I was just the conduit that brought those words onto the page. How do you know you're in that zone? You mentioned, you know, you don't pay attention to time. Are there other things that help you know that you're there? There again, I'm going to go back to the feeling, feeling, you know, it's happy joy. That's what we're here for joy. And, you know, maybe out framing and watching one of your little kids again, one of those grandkids, it's play, play. I mean, we're meant to play. And for me too, nature, nature, it's, it's not just an introvert not wanting to be with people, which has been said in the psychological test. It's just like, wow, there's something bigger going on. There's an energy here. There's a connection to those trees that have been here way longer, but also my soul has been here. I mean, our soul never dies. Our soul has been here and came here at this time for expression. So probably gone off tangent of your question a little bit. What was your question? (laughs) What do you experience in the genius zone? Ah, the genius zone. Like I, well, I said the other night too, when, when Joanne Miller, I remember that moment, went down to see the Millers and she turned to me and said, are you distracted by shiny objects? And I said, yes, all the time. She's like, that's because you're creative. There was something in that moment that reminded me that, oh my gosh, if we're, the Bible says we're born in his image, his, her, that means we're meant to create. God's a creator, we're a creator. And the little child is born. The best creation ever is this baby. And to go back to that, where we're here to create. I had a coach that I worked with that I just talked this sort of stuff out. And then we sort of mapped things out. And once I put where I wanted to go, like seeing this home and story show, well, what's it going to look like? How, how are you going to know it's successful? And it's like, well, the room is full and everybody's happy. And I get to turn on my light switch and then their lights flip on. And then that first night, that's exactly what happened. It was kind of being drawn to the bigger picture of when we expand our hearts, expand our soul, it's expanding the universe. And there's a bigger reason that we're here. It's not just to go to work every day. It's not just to have production. Even in my dental upbringing, my dental mentor, and it's like, well, what's your production per hour? What's your production per procedure? You know, how, what do you make in 15 minutes? And it's like, all that stuff was, the more I focused on those sort of linear box things, the worse my numbers got. (laughs) But when I focus on how, how blessed am I to have this soul, this person come to me today, how can I be fully present with this person in the office, do my best and leave them uplifted. So their visit to the office was the highlight of their day. Well, I'd like to share as one of your patients that one of those highlights of visiting Dr. Karen in the office for dentistry is that when you leave, you leave with homemade fudge. 
And I've often teased her about job security because what better way to keep people coming to a dentist than feed them sugar when they're done? But boy, that fudge is phenomenal. And I know that that's Karen's mom's recipe and there's a spiritual connection to that. Do you want to tell your fudge story? Uh, I'd love to. It was something that I, I discovered, I rediscovered it a few years back or maybe discovered for the first time. My mom's holiday Christmas fudge really had nothing to do with the chocolate or the dripping spoons. And, you know, one of 11 kids, we didn't get to eat it. It wasn't family fudge. It was what mom made for Christmas and she'd make batches and batches. And we'd get to help her and, and lick the spoon when it was done. That was our fudge and go with her. But it was really her sacred gift from her heart. Long after she's gone, we lost her in 85 her love remains and her love is in that fudge. It's like a physical experience of the fudge. I can forget to put ingredients in. I can overcook it, undercook it. No matter what, every batch is the best. It tastes better because there's mom in it. My mom's love for me, there was no greater love that I've ever experienced in my life than my mother's love. Here, long after she's gone, she's still giving it away. So the smiles on people's faces as I present them with the fudge and it's loaded with sugar and I'm never going to change the recipe. <laughs> I'm happy that it's unapologetically rich. I mean, it's just... Yes, yes, it's very rich. Yes, very rich. yes, and that's a nice thing. It's not something that I eat every week. It's only once a year where I get my fudge and I'm very happy to have it. If I might be missing my mom, I'll just open the container and, and smell the fudge and it's like, okay, I can feel her. I do, I swear, I feel my her arms around me every time I make a batch. But I have to make a batch. Instead of just Christmas now, I'd make a batch about every two weeks. So I'm wondering, how do you know if the path that's coming to you is the right path for you? Have you ever taken a misstep and realized, boy, I don't know if this is what I'm supposed to be doing? How do you distinguish? You know what? Uh, this is a quote from Abraham Hicks as well. If you're not excited about the path, it's not the path for you. Mm, I like that. What would you tell people who've tamped down their excitement? Because I run into clients like that all the time. It's like they think that once they become a grown-up, they're not allowed to get excited about anything anymore. You know, and I have to amp myself up for that too, because it's like, oh, we're supposed to be this or that. And even last weekend, I was with Jen Weigel in that article, that beautiful article in the Tribune, the South Town made it to the front page. And that came to me. I wasn't expecting it. And she says, why are you not more excited about that? You know what? I think for me, Kim, there's still a remnant of, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that recognition. You know, it's not about me. So there might be some of that, even with improv, could, would go to talk to a group and say, well, who, can, who here can dance? Who here can sing? Who here can draw? Well, when you ask that from kids from the third, fourth, fifth grade, they're like, oh, let me show you. You know, let me show you. I can dance. I can draw. After 12 or 13, you go to a room or definitely for adults, well, who can draw? Who can sing? The hands don't go up as much. It's kind of like, oh, she's going to make me get up there and draw, or she's going to make me somewhere along the line that you might have been shaved, might have been, oh, how could I possibly do that? I'm working on that myself to remind myself it's very important to have playtime. Find a way to have playtime. I'm missing, I don't go in the pool through COVID, but I'm hoping to get back into it. But after my morning meditation, I would go for a swim. And for me, that's just rhythmic breathing, moving meditation, and I'm playing in the water. A Homewood Stories is a chance we can get together and play. It um, is. Nothing else. You know, watch a video of a kid or dance or play some music. Ellen DeGeneres does that on her show. Play some music and dance 
start out with just like one song that you dance to because motion, emotion and motion, and you know, get, I have to remind myself to get the corners of them out. Why am I so serious? And every once in a while, like last weekend, it's like, why aren't you more excited about this? That's a really good question. You know, I do deserve this. I put the work in for this. This is decades of work. This is not just one minute. And it came to me. You know, and that's why I like your book about self-care to remind us that we're important. I asked this at a seminar too, after it was asked of me one time, is like to quickly write down as fast as you can the 10 people that you love. And just, just jot it down and people have no problem, pen, pen, pen. And then go, okay, how many of you put your own name on that list? Nobody. Or definitely, how many of you put it at the top of the list, right? That reminder, and when the little kid wakes up, it's like, ah, it's me, it's my day, let's go play, right? Right. They know they're the center of everything. Yeah. And I think that's what nature helps me too. You know, it's going to go to nature. I want to go even more often, but as often as possible to just like be with the trees and the birds and the, the hawk. I love nature too, for the simple reason that it humbles me. It teaches me that there's so much more than me and I'm a part of it, but I'm not the be all end all of it. I'm just- and I- think the more that you can like every time I get into the swimming pool I come out I have a little swimming pool on me you know same with the meditation I dip in I dip out there's a little bit of what I've connected with with me and I think in nature there's such a vibration high vibration I don't hug a tree I'll lean into a tree and let it hug me and just like wow the wisdom the the connection and the roots that go all the way to the other side of the world and I think, like I say, little kids get back to that child, that in, I don't know, inner child work, whatever, but it, it's just like, here's, we're the child, now we're the nurturer of that child. And let's bring that child back up and have fun. But life yeah. is meant to be fun. We're here for joy. And this is a year where many of us have had lost, have had no people that it's like, well, you know, how do we want our life to be? What do we want the imprint to be left in our soul's expansion? And that's a question that I asked. I asked that of a patient one time when he didn't know what he was going to do. I said, well, I just, what's my soul's intent for being here? And he goes, who asked that question? He looked up from the chair. I said, you know, I've started to ask that. Let's have more fun. Let's get out more often. We can't be with each other, but let's find ways that we can stay. Because can, we're all connected. And that nature helps me remind of the connection. And then the storytelling show really helps me remind of connection because a story stirs some something up in everybody. It does. The humanity of it. I really love Homewood Stories. It's a great thing to be involved with. And that's actually one of the gifts of COVID, right? Because now you've taken Homewood Stories online and we have guests coming from all over the country. So how cool is that? We have people that can access that that couldn't do it before. So I always look for the gifts, lessons, opportunities, and wisdom in all those painful situations that we may encounter because they're not all painful. They have pain, but they have another side. And if we're not willing to look for it, all we'll ever experience is the pain. So I'm really proud of you for Mm -hmm. finding the glow in COVID. I know for me, my glow in COVID was I discovered mental freedom and I'm working on bringing it to whoever's interested and resonates with the idea. So that was my COVID gift. Karen, I think the last thing I want to ask you about is your meditation practice, because you say you meditate every day and you turn a fan on and listen to the fan. 
I think a lot of people struggle with maintaining a meditation practice. The mind is so busy and it's so hard to tame that inner voice to be still so we can hear our bigger voice. Can you give some tips to our listeners of how to do it if they're just starting out? Oh, my pleasure. Because there's all sorts of types of meditation, you know, like even when we're driving in the car and you're at the stoplight or, you know, it's like you can get those moments of silence and just expand on those. But I used to listen to guided meditation. I learned meditation through Deepak Chopra and it was in and out of practice, in and out of practice. But it's been a while now that it's been, I don't do anything else. I don't talk to anybody else until I meditated in the simplest way for me, rather than a guided meditation that I might argue with was to have a boring noise, the refrigerator noise. I live across from the train, but the train might stop and the refrigerator might stop. So I've got a fan app um, if I don't have a fan with me, but that I can just listen to that boring buzz. Even in the room, sometimes you can listen to the fan, just something boring. And I will set a timer and it's usually anywhere between 12 and 20 minutes. And then when the thoughts come in, which they will, it's not about being thoughtless or anything. Sometimes for me, it's a ticker trade play where everything's coming through or that thing that you see on uh, for the, the stocks going across. And sometimes for me, it's faces of people and ancestors and stuff. But when I get off track, it's just like, oh, the buzz of the fan, go back to the buzz of the fan, go back to the buzz of the fan. Timer goes off and I'm done. I may get an insight through that. I may not. Most of the time I don't. Or it might be the last minute. It's like I'll see a flash of light or something. So it's not about while I'm there, I get this whole download of stuff to do. But while I'm there, I'm making a connection with my bigger self, my higher self, my God, my universe, whatever. If you do that for 30 days, your life won't be the same. Say I did. I made a mistake a few weeks ago. A sister called this or that, and I'm like, I know never to talk to anybody before I meditate. <laughs> that was not right. Don't talk to, to anybody like, until you meditate. That's the I rule had to now. That day, and then sometimes mid afternoon, you know, once a day is all you need. Once a day, 12, 20 minutes. But sometimes if something's going on in the afternoon, I'll just reboot and I'll go back another way. I used to, but I think the fan is the easiest way. Another way I used to was just listening to my breathing in and out. But the fan has been so simple because I can do that anywhere. If I'm traveling in a different room or just need to just turn things off for a little bit, there's always a buzz in the room somewhere that you can hear. So I think for me, that's the simplest. What I like about that is a lot of the meditations, especially those guided meditations are for visual folks because they ask you to imagine, imagine the leaf floating down the, the stream. But if you struggle with visualizing, and I know some people do, they may be auditory folks and listening to something might be exactly what they need to get into the meditation. So I think that's a great tip and thank you very much for that. The last thing I want to ask, I know I said that would be the last, but this is the last for real. Do you have any last things that you'd like to share with the audience? This is Flash, so I have to share this. Another thing that I played during COVID, the very beginning of it, was this improv game that we've done. It's actually a children's game. Fortunately, unfortunately. I do that in my classes where somebody will start with a sentence, fortunately, and then the next person does unfortunately. So I was like, Fortunately, I only see one patient at a time. And then it was like, unfortunately, I only see one patient at a time. And then fortunately, I have no accounts receivable because patients pay when they come. And unfortunately, I have no checks coming in the mail. But the more I did that, the more I realized that fortunately, I have way more fortunately than unfortunately. I have way more blessings than unfortunately. And then I found out somebody made a YouTube video of a book that a woman wrote from that. 
I think to get centered, there's a lot of stuff going on. And if you watch the news and you're bombarded with stuff, it's really easy. To, there's, there's like three times more negative words than positive words. But if we can do things to get back to counting our blessings, counting our fortunately, just realize that life is so grand. That's beautiful. I love that. How will people be able to get in touch with you if they want to find, maybe they need a dentist or they're looking to join Homewood Stories while it's virtual? How can people do that? You know, the easiest email address is just my name, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, at homewoodstories.org. Homewood, H-O-N-E-W-O-O-D, stories, S-T-O-R-I-E-S. So Karen at homewoodstories.org is an email that you can get directly in touch with me. If you're on Facebook, we have a Facebook group that's just under the heading Homewood Stories, and, and that's an easy way to get in touch as well. Excellent. Thank you so much, Karen. Thanks for being here and sharing all your wisdom with the people who are listening. My pleasure, Kim. I appreciate you very much. You just finished listening to an episode on the Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life podcast. If you liked today's episode, make sure to leave me a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag me at the Relationship Center on Instagram or Facebook. I hope you'll join me next week when I'll be discussing, discovering, and eliminating self-sabotage. I'm looking forward to it. Talk with you then. This has been another thought-provoking episode of Life Equals Choices, Choices Equal Life. To listen to past episodes, please visit our website at www.therelationshipcenter.biz forward slash podcast. And remember to subscribe.